But it's just airplanes, so it's not, it's it's, not really no this is This is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> Good morning, David. Good morning, Chad. Welcome to Oshkosh. It's so lovely to be I back know. Actually, here. Actually, you should be saying it to me because you got here first. But uh, Well, I've been here a couple of days now. A couple now. of days, yeah. It's Saturday morning, and uh, and we're standing out here at the edge of the flight line at the uh, Vintage Red Barn, uh, watching the uh, preparations for the week going on around us here. And uh, we had a little rain this morning, but now it's starting to turn kind of nice. It's still overcast, but uh, very pleasant. And uh, A little rain, he says. We had a gully washer and big winds, and we've had stuff blown over on the field nothing terribly damaging uh i don't i haven't heard of any real damage to any of the aircraft here although there was a report about one getting chipped over on a wing uh but it sounds like that that's really minor uh and now it's uh, clearing up and starting to look like it's going to be another great arrival day. Yeah, I know. It's going to be good. And we should tell everybody that Jeb's not here yet. He's coming. Uh, he just business things kept him away for a couple of days, and he'll be arriving uh, uh, after the weekend. So we'll, we'll see Jeb a little bit later on. We may actually get him on the phone at some point and during one of the dailies. But, uh, but uh, Jeb will be by. Um, and, and you're missed, Jeb. Yeah. So uh, what's going on? What, what have you seen so far? What, or what have you heard about so far about the, uh, the show this year? I think uh, this is Saturday. Uh, Friday, uh, a bunch of us were at work on the Air Venture Today newspaper getting things rolling for the first issue, which comes out on Sunday. And you can find it online uh, on Sunday. Uh, but uh, the, the traffic stopper on Friday yeah. was right a, over there. Was a big, ugly, fat fellow. Hey, fellow, yeah, that's right. A B-1961 B-52 bomber has landed at Oshkosh for the first time. Did you actually see it land? Yeah. What what was that like? Uh, It was like every other time I've seen one land, except with a little bounce on the first touchdown. That's right. You're at Wichita. You see a few of these things every year. Oh, yeah. We've seen them. Well, this airplane was built in Wichita. Uh, I didn't live there then. I was 11 years old and living in southern Indiana, so this wasn't up my alley quite yet. Uh, but this is an airplane that's been in service since before Slim Pickens wrote a bomb down in Dr. Strangelove. That's so, right. That's and right. it's still an active participant uh-huh. in the uh, U.S. Air Force's uh, yeah. uh, air strategic air defense arsenal. Now, this airplane just barely fits on the runway here width-wise. And, uh, uh, yeah. Well, so, it, it, the wheel track fits just fine. but the, It's the outrigger wheels. It's the the wing, wing. Right. The wingspan, the outrigger wheels are a little bit close because yeah. it has 150. 52-foot wingspan, and the outriggers are about 145, 146 feet apart. Yeah. Now, I understand they had to arrange for the airport staff. I, I'd heard this when I was last night in the campground. Someone was telling this story that uh, the airport staff had to come out, and they actually had to remove a whole bunch of the uh, runway lights because they didn't want them to possibly uh, conflict with the outrigger wheels. Yeah, and, uh, uh, there's been some mods done, and but there because, was a lot of tape measure work yeah, done. Uh, but because the airport was still in operation, they couldn't be without the runway lights during, at night. Right. So apparently they had to come out. They had it all prepped and ready to go, and they knew exactly. They actually pe- apparently built special tools and everything. And then they came out at dawn yesterday morning and removed a bunch of the runway lights. And I don't know if they just laid them over on their side or took them away, but they removed a bunch of runway lights. And then before dark yesterday, they had to put them all back. Yeah, they were all back in operation when I got back on uh, got back in the neighborhood yesterday evening. And... Uh it was kind of amazing. Uh, you you got to give one uh, big, big kudos to the crew here at Whitman and, uh, and the EAA folks that helped orchestrate this because we've had B-52s here before. 
and they've done flybys, flyby's. here before. And this one yesterday, uh, it came into the pattern and did a flyby, and then it got on approach for 3-6. And just before it would have been touching down, there was a go-around. But we'll hear more about that, I think, on... Uh, yeah, right. Anyway, so, um, so, yeah, it's right out there. It's a big old airplane. I uh, got to walk around it just a few minutes this morning, but uh, it's, uh, it's a very impressive airplane, that's for sure. And uh, Yeah, it's it been in been in the U.S. Uh, defense arsenal for over 60 years. That's really an amazing piece of technology mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Boeing created. So I should, I want to crow a little bit here. Um, this, I'm very excited, very proud of the fact that this is my 25th consecutive air venture, or, Ooh, wow. or, or I should say EAA fly-in, because it wasn't called air venture back when I first started coming. And uh, yeah, 25 consecutive years I've been coming out here every summer to come to the fly-in. And uh, so it's kind of a, 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 I'm very proud of that milestone. And, and as a result of that, I decided I've made a few changes this year. Um, we've changed uh, around the field is going to be a little bit more of a multimedia thing. I'm going to do around the field more as a uh, cool. as a uh, audio and maybe some video. I'm certainly going to be blogging on the aroundthefield.net blog and on the Twitter account and things like that. And uh, um, and less writing, more uh, more uh, audiovisual, more social media, as they say, this year. So that'll be a little bit different. And. Uh, um, you know, so it's it's going to be a great year. Uh, sadly, it looks like it's going to be a wet year. Um, the forecast is a lot of rain this week. Well, we had a really busy day on uh, Friday. Uh, three different times I had to go out on the field for different errands in relation to my job at uh, AirVenture today. And every time I came out, there were significantly more airplanes in different parts of the field. In Vintage, in the North 40, uh, an aircraft camping. Uh, down at the south end. Uh, this little weather interrupt us is uh, obviously going to cost us some uh, arrivals today. But the way it's clearing up, yep. I, I, I expect here by noon or 1 o'clock for things to be full tilt boogie again. Right, right. And I should say, even though it's going to be a little bit wet, the ground seemed to be in very, very good condition. Um, yeah, it had been dry here. We're for not a talking while. a splashkosh kind of thing. No, and, no. Uh, no, well, splashkosh, it had rained for 10 right. of the prior 12 days. Right, and, yeah. So we can see off in the distance, way off to the uh, north, I see a couple of airplanes that are in the arrival pattern. They uh, have been flying downwind along the uh, 927 runway and then curving around to land on 27. Um, and uh, one interesting thing this week is that because Jeb's going to arrive a little bit later, for the first time in years, he's actually going to fly the uh, the uh, regular arrival procedure. Oh, so, he's going to uh, come through the ripping. Yeah, so uh, I hope he reads the notum, you know, because that's... Oh, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure... Uh, if not, Jeb, call me. I've gotten a, a copy with me. Yeah, we can probably provide you one. And we'll sign it for you, Jeb, if you want. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So what and, else? Yeah. Well, we've got, uh, we've got uh, a, a more authoritative voice coming on here shortly who I think is going to fill in yep, yep. In a almost few everything I could tell you about. So why don't we leave that to him? Yeah, we're going to let him talk about that. Um, what's going on down at, at Ultralights and... and uh, Hang gliding these days. Are you, are well, it, there was very little on there going on down there when I was there uh, yesterday evening. But uh, B Light's going to be here with an all new design, uh, a low wing cantilevered tricycle gear airplane, and so far without an engine in it, the airframe alone only weighs 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. So, given the engine options for Part 103, I expect this to be a very light B Light. Uh, <laughs> that's where you were going with this whole story. That's where I was going with the whole thing. Uh, we've got some really unique home belts here coming here this year. Uh, 
the uh, air show activity is going to be uh, more diverse and, uh, and, and, a, and a bit more of it. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a good week all in all. I'm kind of fired up about being back. Yeah, yep, it's going to be good. And uh, um, it's already it's really strange because today's not merely day zero. Today's like day, well, minus two. It's the day before day zero. It's, right. show doesn't officially open until today's Saturday. Tomorrow's sort of a semi-official day. And then Monday, of course, is the big opening. But uh, already, for example, we see a shuttle sh- tram going by right now with people who look like just regular attendees on board. Maybe shuttles. They're probably volunteers going to and from their various the Shuttles are running. There's a lot of people in Vintage. There's a lot of people in the North 40. Uh, did you go by the North 40 this morning? How many how many rows have filled I in? I did not go by oh, okay. this morning. But last evening as I was leaving, uh, uh, they were about... 18 or 20 rows into okay. filling westbound. Yeah. And there were already four or five airplanes in the handicapped aircraft camping in okay. the North 40 yep. there by the uh, uh, Aspen Avionics Welcome Center. Yeah. So There's a whole bot- a bunch of group arrivals, I think, coming in today and tomorrow. Supposed to be, today. yeah. yeah so. uh, Comanches, Cessnas. Uh, we've got a big air coupe celebration this year. We've got a big Rutan design celebration this year. Uh and we've got the uh, uh, Apollo 13 uh, 45th anniversary uh, going on here this year with, with several of the crew, uh, including flight, flight director Gene Krantz, who's going to be in, uh, uh, participating and along with Jim Lovell and uh, Fred Hayes. Yep. yep. So, so, uh, so it's going to be a great week. And we'll be back with the dailies throughout the week. Um, if you're listening in time, we will have our tie-down party on Thursday evening. Um, I, everyone should pay attention because I'm not 100% sure where we're going to hold the tie-down party this year. The default is our usual location out there at the Super 8 gate um, on the northwest side of the field. But uh, with the weather so problematic throughout the week, we may find an alternate location. So pay attention to uh, my Twitter account, to Dave's Twitter account, and to the uncontrolledairspace.com homepage for uh, the up-to-the-minute uh, on the location of the tie-down party. But that's Thursday from uh, 6 p.m. until sunset. And... Uh, and then we'll be doing dailies all week, and then we'll, of course, have our big uh, end of show uh, Sunday morning uh, from the Flightline episode as well. So uh, all that's coming up. And, uh, uh, oh, and we got a guest coming up. And we got a guest going up. So let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be talking to uh, the chairman of the board of EAA, Jack Pelton. Hi, we're going to be back with uh, Jack Pelton in just a couple minutes, but we're now talking with a really great friend of the podcast uh, from EAA, Charlie Becker. Hi, Charlie. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jack. So uh, here we go. It's the beginning of the week here at AirVenture, and uh, you know the weather's turned for the good. What's going on for you? Well, the big thing today was we started our Give Flight project, whereby we're going to build five sets of wings during the course of the week that are going to go to five different chapters, who are then going to go back, take them back, and build them as a chapter build project, uh, hopefully set up a flying club, and then bring them back in 2017. Yeah. So you didn't take my suggestion when we were down south there to do seven instead of five, huh? No, I didn't. <laughs> what are the five? Yeah, I wish I'd gone with three. Yeah. <laughs> when we were down in Florida, you couldn't tell us what the five were. Can you tell us what the five uh, brands are now? Absolutely. So we have uh, three of uh, probably the strongest kit manufacturers out there. We have uh, Vans with the RV-12. We have Zenith back again this year with actually three sets of wings, two wow. 750 Cruisers and a 650, and then Sonics with a YX kit. David? I just wish Chapter 88 could have taken on the YX because that's uh, that's a favorite of yours that's these That's a days. favorite of mine right now, yeah. But yeah. 
Was it difficult getting the chapters, uh, finding five chapters to take this on? Because I know this whole flying club thing gave some of them uh, some hesitation, say. Well, the bottom line is no. Um, we did it partially because we wanted to make sure the chapters understood that although they can't operate aircraft, they can build or restore aircraft. Um, and then at the end, if they want to set up you know, a separate flying club that some of the members want to be a part of, that's perfectly okay. It's just not going to happen under the EA banner for insurance reasons. Um, but that was part of the, you know, so, so in one way we want to introduce a whole bunch of people to home building like we did last year with the One Week Wonder. Uh, but this was also a little bit of internal campaigning to awaken some of our chapter officers that, hey, you know, you can have a chapter project going on. Uh, it's just at the end of it, you're going to have to sell it or move it on to some other uh, entity or person. How would the selling it work out? Uh, would they have to sell it to a flying club or? No, we you know we encouraged them to think about maybe setting up a flying club uh, for this project. But no, if a chapter decides to take on a build project, they can just sell it to an individual. If one of the members ultimately is going to buy it, um, or they could just you know put it on the internet raffle it off yeah so is this year's project similar to the way you did the one week project last year in terms of members coming in and helping out yeah we're going to have all of those wings are going to be riveted by anybody who wants to wander up and pull a rivet just like we did last year we're going to take their photo and share it with them like we did last year we're going to have five very big builders logs maybe not as big as last year's world's largest builders log but of course we got to keep track of who worked on them because it's got to be 51% 51% or more amateur build. There's a great picture of the One Week Wonder in one of the EA pavilions up there that's made up of a mosaic of all the little pictures that you took of us when we pulled our rivets. That's a great... How'd that come about? There's... Well, I, I said that I wanted all of... You know, to do some sort of mosaic using all of the photos because, you know, it was such a community-built aircraft that I wanted to make sure that we keep that for, in the forefront. And uh, which is why it's not painted still, uh, because everyone likes to see their rivet uh, that they pulled last year and their signature. And so, um, you know, when we were thinking about how could we present it this year, the mosaic was one idea that that we came up with. Yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a, it's a whole mural-sized picture of uh, one of the uh, photos we've seen of the One Week Wonder in flight. And, yeah, it's uh, worth a trip back and there you, if you're on the grounds. Yeah, and you got to get up really close because the yeah, individual pictures are pretty small. <laughs> and there's a lot of them. I haven't had to search for my picture there. I don't know. I haven't found it yet. I'm not even sure it's there, of course. I, don't, I Did you actually use, you didn't use all of them, did you? We didn't use all of them only because... You need certain coloring Colors to make exactly, up the yeah. mosaic. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, that's a painstaking job. Well, yeah, well, we have interns for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There've so. been a, a few changes. I, I, you know, people have talked a great deal about the uh, the upgrade to the Vintage Aircraft Association yeah. in the Red Barn, but seemed like there's been some changes in the home built area this year as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, we we moved a concession stand to open up a, a new parking area for some special aircraft right in the center of home builds. And uh, probably more important to, to the average home builder than anything is we added an upgraded shower in home built camping and flush toilets out in home built camping. Woo. So they're a there lot happier. Score. Yeah, there we go. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got the home building project with the wings. Yes. Um, are there other home builder activities uh, here throughout the week that are particularly interesting? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we have, of course, the workshops where we have literally thousands of people be introduced uh, to home building. And in the Home Builders Hangar, we have some really cool aircraft. We have a a Falco that was just handcrafted. I mean, literally, uh, the person 
you know, cast parts. He he cut. He he made his own tooling to cut the Acme threads on his landing gear. It's literally a flying work of art. Uh, we have a, uh, a the little Dipper, which is a replica of John Thorpe's uh, aircraft. It was built by a couple of guys of, over in Minnesota that are associated with the chapter there. Um, we have the Mechanics Illustrated Baby Ace replica, Paul's last project that's going to be in there all week. number of different aircraft in there. And then right in that new area, we have a full-scale Spitfire replica with an Allison engine that a guy flew in. He's had it flying for a few years, but this is the first time he brought it to Oshkosh, and it is amazing. It is, it is a work of art, and there are so many little differences uh, between that and a real spit, and none of them are visible from the outside. The guy did an extraordinary job. Yeah, it is what, amazing. Over eight years of work. Yeah, eight years. I'm, you know, eight years isn't much to do something like that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, really, really. And then your other uh, turf, so to speak, is chapters. What's going on in the chapters world these days? I, sometimes I feel like chapters is sort of the, the uh, I don't know, it's the less visible part of EA, but it's a really great, I've been off and on involved with chapters over the years, and it's tremendously fulfilling and fun, and, and you know, um, what's going on with chapters? Yeah, I mean, you know, in my mind, you know, chapters is kind of the living embodiment of Oshkosh the rest of the, the other 51 weeks out of the year. Um, so... Just got in charge of chapters a couple of months ago. I hired two great people to work there, Brett Hahn and Kyle Volz, both with chapter experience. Um, so we're kind of just getting things set up right now. There we have in the Welcome Center, we're promoting joining and finding your local EA chapter. That's the big push for this week. And also we want our chapters to check in and uh, sign their name on the big map where we have all of our chapters. Mm -hmm. For, for those who are maybe not as much not as familiar, tell us a little bit about your average chapter. I mean, what what kind of things happen out in the chapters? You bet. Um, basically, the chapters get together typically once a month. Uh, they host pancake breakfasts and other fly-ins. You know, we put over through our chapter network, we put on over five thousand aviation aviation events during the year. So, and it's all absolutely grassroots. You know, they're all doing it. They're all you know not-for-profit organizations of really members that are just wanting to get together, talk airplanes, share building ideas, uh, if, they're, if they have the building you know, bug, maybe do flyouts, host pancake breakfasts, uh, basically just improve aviation on the local level. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was involved with uh, Chapter 62 in San Jose for a while, San Jose, California, and I was involved with uh, uh, Vintage Chapter uh, 15 in uh, Hampton, New Hampshire for a while. David, you just joined a chapter. What chapter? I'm, I'm a, once again a member of Chapter 88 in Wichita, and I think it's worth noting that at this moment, the chairman of EAA grew up with Chapter 1 and Playbob. That's and right. that, yeah. I think, has a tremendous uh, benefit to his focus on the chapters here. Uh, I think without that kind of uh, childhood and upbringing, I mean, he's flying his daddy's airplane, right? I think uh, Jack is a member, I believe, of Chapter 88 as well. Uh, Jack Pelton. Yeah. Jack Pelton. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yep. And... Uh, so what's chapter 88 like? Is it a, a, a so some people some people tend to divide chapters into builder chapters versus social chapters. You don't like that that notation. Um, there's only a few that are really hardcore building chapters, you know, to the exclusion of other things. But even them uh, have a mix of people. You know, you can't well unless you're like me, you can't be building all the time. <laughs> you usually end up flying at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chapter 88's got quite a cross-section of builders, uh, many of them flying aircraft that they've already built, 
several members working on new ones. Yeah. Uh, Being in Wichita, you probably have people who are building 737s. And uh, uh, I haven't met one of those yet, but uh, there's some Boeing people in the chapter who worked on 747. Yeah. But uh, our, uh, our chapter president, a new guy named Bill Lindsay, has done an extraordinary job of growing the chapter, and we've almost tripled in size in the last since he took over. We're up over 150 members that's, now. Wow, so, that's uh, great. Yeah, that's terrific. And they had an event Sunday before last uh, to honor one of the members who got her Master Pilots Award, mm-hmm. and uh, it was almost standing room only at Stearman Fields Restaurant where they held the event. So. Charlie, you must. Do you have a home chapter? What What is your sort of? Pers- yeah. Well, I'm president of Chapter 252 here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. But I've been an officer in Chapter 186 as well, out in Manassas, Virginia, and I was a member of Chapter 32 as well. I've got friends in. One of the, One of the things that's great about chapters is, as I have prior to working at EAA, as I moved around the country, it's always been a place for me to land and immediately get to know people that you know care about the same things that I care about. And uh, you had you had mentioned you know a lot of people think the chapters are kind of either about building or they're not. Well, I mean, don't forget the chapters are the number one way that young eagles are flown. Uh, they're the only ones that can hold young eagle rallies, and uh, without them, we wouldn't have flown hardly any young eagles. So it's a you know that just tells you that there's a lot of of pilots in those chapters as well, even if it's a building chapter. There's a chapter connection with the B-52 that's visiting this year. Can you tell us about that? I have heard that. Uh, I don't have all the details, but I know that they are tied into the local EA chapter. Yeah, they've apparently named the uh, chapter. The chapter is numbered as the same as their their squadron, their their bomber squadron. So, uh, and they're all wearing apparently custom patches on their arms this week that uh, yeah, celebrate bomber, both e- EA both EA the chapter, chapter and the uh, and their uh, their. Uh, uh, you know, squadron, or, or their, I'm not sure what, the note, what they call it exactly, but yeah, so that's pretty cool, yeah. It is. You're, are you, you are building, I mean, among all the rest of this stuff, you're building an airplane, right? A couple of them, actually. Yeah, what are you um, building? Well, I've been, uh, I finished the Sonics, and then, you know, we, and, and helped with the staff build Zenith as well, as well as the One Week Wonder, but right, my personal project is I'm building at what I call a Pirate Cub, which is just a scratch-built Super Cub, um, and I call it the Pirate Cub because I'm pretty much ripping everything off from uh, existing designs. And uh, the other one that I, I started a few months ago is the electric motor glider EMG-6. It's a new kit. I'm kind of one of the beta builders. And it kind of looks like a primary glider. My ultimate goal is to fly it on electric power. They have the prototype down in the ultralight area this week flying with a two-stroke uh, Polini engine mm-hmm. uh, that one of the builders was Sorry, interested in. And uh, I've always had an interest in, gli- interest in gliding, but you know, I was looking for a way to do it without maybe as much of the hassles that come around with... Um, you know, where you got to coordinate a club and, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Great big long piece of surgical rubber tubing. Right. So, you know, at this point, um, that one's kind of my side project, Mm -hmm. but I should get that done by convention next year for sure. The Super Cub, because you're building every part and piece is a longer term project. So your your gas welding skills are sharp. My TIG welding skills are very good at this point. (laughs) By the time I got to the third one, because me and my friend are, uh, each building one of the pirate cubs, so they're, they're twins. So by the time I got done with his fuselage, I did mine first. That was a mistake. I should have done his. First. <laughs> My welding got markedly better by the second one, <laughs> and by the, by the third one with the EMG, uh, the welding on that was really good. 
Um, so, well, thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Or it's just going to be a great week. The weather's turned good. and uh... All I can say is, you know, if you haven't ever come to Oshkosh and you're listening to UCAP, you really need to put it on the list. Because I just, you know, this is my 22nd in a row, uh, 15th on staff, and I wouldn't miss it for the world. Yeah, that's great. David? There's nothing else like it. I tell my friends exactly the same thing. If you're in aviation or even interested, you owe yourself at least one trip here. And if the idea of flying in intimidates you, fly to Appleton and get a car, get the shuttle bus. Uh, you don't always have to come through Ripon because a lot of guys hear stories about that. They let it be, intimidate them out of coming, and that's a real pity. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks a lot. Charlie Becker, uh, EA Home Building and Chapters. And I think we're just going to start calling you personally the one-week wonder. <laughs> well, I hope I'm good for more than one week. <laughs> Thank you very much. Standing here on the uh, deck of the Vintage Red Barn at uh, Air Venture 2015 uh, with uh, my pal Dave and the chairman of EAA, Jack Pelton. Hi, Jack. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. It's been a uh, it's been a wild evening. I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> Friday Friday we started to have a lot of rivals, great weather, and we knew a forecast of weather was coming in. It was supposed to be for Sunday evening, and uh, last night, kind of out of the blue, we got hit with a pretty pretty hard storm. So it's been yeah. a, kind of yeah. a recovery morning, if you will. Yeah, it was an exciting morning this morning. I'm actually camp- camping again this year for the first time oh. in many many years, and so I was out in my little tent this morning at dawn when uh, when a very exciting storm passed through, and uh, everybody seems to be more or less okay. A few tents banged up, but uh, yeah, I'd say the the biggest uh, area that was hit was our welcome center. That was the hardest hardest damage, and we think there may have been a straight line wind that hit the hit the tent, blew out a panel, and mm-hmm. knocked over a lot of stuff. So. Yeah. But tell us about the uh, year in general. Uh, every year I'm curious to see what changes have happened to the grounds and the facility here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, yeah, standing here today, this is the most significant change for 2015 is in the vintage area where uh, in honor of the Rose family, Mert Rose uh, made a, a large donation to put a new, uh, similar to Warbirds in review, a new new viewing area and repurposing. And I think it's beautiful. I mean, I think it's a, a great addition to vintage. So I think I hope everybody that comes will see it and appreciate it and spend some more time in the vintage area. So are they going to use that by bringing different airplanes in on different days? And They are. They're, they're trying to put programming in place. So every day there will be activities primarily leading up to the air show. Once the air show starts, it's uh, pretty noisy here on the flight line. Yeah, it does get a little exciting down here. That's true. We've, we And we've continued to upgrade, add uh, the better porta-potties if you can put better around porta potty it sounds like an oxymoron but uh, no no the, actually and i noticed that i took <laughs> notice of that yes they are nicer and new new ones and some new shower facilities down in the home built area mm-hmm. uh, home built camping area and uh, just con- you know continue to try to upgrade the experience for everybody yeah yeah there's a big old strange airplane right out here on the uh, on the uh, west ramp uh, and uh, what, what the heck is that that's a that's one of wichita's babies uh friday first of all it's a it's a b-52 buff yes, and uh, built in Wichita, Kansas. This one's a 1961 with 17,000 hours on it. The, the crew that brought it in was telling me, you know, they're planning to fly these till 2050, I think is the, the next uh, planned year they're going to set them down. But very exciting. Uh, came in Friday. I don't know if you're here for the arrival. I wasn't. I, I didn't get here till late in the afternoon, so I missed it. I understand they had to make some special preparations. There did. There's never been a B-52 that has landed at AirVenture, and the runway's 150 feet wide. The outriggers are 147 between the two outriggers, so you've got to be on that center line. Yep. We had to take down uh, the, the landing lights uh, adjoining the runway for about 1,000 feet just to make sure 
if he was off a couple of feet, we didn't tear out tear out some lights. But you know, the airport cooperated. The Air Force came in and pre-surveyed the area, mm-hmm. uh, and then yesterday, the uh, the arrival occurred, and I got a chance to talk to the crew, who happened to be EAA members and belong to a chapter, and they they created a special patch that they're wearing. That it's called. I saw that. Yeah, three eighty five cha- chapter EAA bomber chapter, right, yeah, yeah. bomber chapter. I saw that, picture, and yeah. it's really really kind of cool. And they had never been to Air, Air Venture. One guy's building it. The commander is building an RV yet. He's never been to Air Venture. Mm-hmm. So they are really excited to spend the week. He came in, did a normal break, came back in, and I'm standing there watching. And he gets down on approach and flies by and does a go-around. And, and I was standing next to Sean Elliott. I said, oh, my gosh, keep an eye on him. I hope he's not heading for home that he decided this is uh, something he doesn't want to do because it's a little bit of a crosswind. Comes back in, plants it down, nice landing. Talked to him, and I said, so that first approach, was that a plan? He says, oh, no. He says, I, I came in, and I lined up, and I said, my gosh, that looks small, and decided to do a, a, do a, do a pass and re, you know, regain my courage before I come back in. So even, even the big dog drivers do a, do, do a go-around if they're not sure. But remember, these big dog drivers are the same age as our kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, they weren't our peers who were flying them in, in Vietnam. They are yeah, yeah. young guys. Yeah. David? And the crew's all younger than the airplane, aren't Absolutely, they? yeah. yeah. By a lot, By I would lot. imagine, yeah, yeah. Uh, what would you say is your uh, most significant change on the grounds here this year, outside what, what we were talking about at Vintage? I, I would say Vintage is, I mean, that's where we, we sunk the most dollars in this year. Is, is that's, That is the most significant. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you look like you've got more flying on the agenda this year i mean before and and during the air show or is that just the way it reads when i look at the list of what's coming interesting comment it um i'm not there is a little more flying but i think probably what you're seeing is it's a lot more diverse than it has been in the past um you know last year everybody got kind of sucked in with the thunderbirds being here and that being the the big premiere and that takes up a lot of time i mean they they require a couple hours of of the air show this year, we're using all of that same time, but putting in a lot more airplanes, a lot more diversity of stuff in the air. So we're really excited because we're really excited because when we started getting it lined up, oh, it's been months that we've had it locked in. We looked at it and said, oh my gosh, this is something that people will sit here and really enjoy to see the numbers, the types, the diversity of airplanes. And each day, a different theme. Any particular highlights this week that you're looking forward to? And especially things that might not have gotten a lot of press that you, you are looking forward to. Well, there's been a lot of press on a lot, but maybe not down to the level of detail. If I go, if I run through the list, it's it's very impressive. I think uh, clearly having the Apollo 13 crew uh, be the guests in the theater in the woods one evening is, is going to be uh, very memorable and very special. Um, I was looking at a video clip a couple days ago of... of kind of a condensed version of, of that historic moment. And, and I think getting that back front and center, these were this was an incredible time in our history. So that will be exciting. Burt Rutan coming back is very interesting. You know, he came very close to bringing his ski goal uh, to the show. It just is, wasn't quite ready, but he is all pumped up to talk about it and, and share what's going on. And I've, he's given me all the behind the scenes on it. So I've seen it, I've been following it, I've got all the pictures and... and uh, I can't wait for him to tell that story. Yeah, and he, I noticed on the, the schedule, there's about five or six times that he's talking during the week. Yeah, he, he just, it was like somebody flipped a light switch, and he says, while I normally don't come unless I bring an airplane to show uh, a new product, he says, 
40th anniversary of the canard, I'll be there, and I've got lots of stories to tell on yeah. for a lot of and, and all over the place. He's going to be in theater in the woods. He's going to be in one of the big forum tents, and I think a few others, too, right? He's he will be. Large and small venues. Large and small, and in different topics each time. He's going to talk about the history of the canards. He's going to talk about the history of scale composites. He's going to talk about his new uh, Rutan RC, radio-controlled airplane venture that he's in, and then he's going to talk about Skeagol. So uh, should be very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, the organization as a whole. Um, how it's you know sort of how have things been over the past year. I, I, let me say just that, that you are and you should know this if you don't a very respected leader of this organization. People have really admired what you've done here. But I know you're doing it as basically a volunteer and uh, and I, it almost seems like you consider yourself to be be uh, you know acting or, or tentative. You know, how do you feel about the, being a leader after now what it's been four or five years now? It's it's uh, year three. Uh, it's it was a three-year commitment. It only seems like six, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, and actually it seems like it's been one. It's yeah. gone by so quickly. Yeah. Um, you plan to continue? I do. I, it, of course, I serve at the will of the board to elect me into the chairman position, and, and we'll, that decision's coming up in October, and I don't see any reason why they'll I can't ask me not to. But, uh, but I So I will continue, and we, we're going to continue to strengthen up the, the staff internally yeah. to make sure we've got... Uh, good bench strength and capability so that I don't have to do as much of the, the day-to-day hands-on. Tell us about the organization as a whole. What things have happened over the last year? Well, let's see. Last uh, Throughout the year, we probably the biggest change is the sport aviation. We had a change in the in the editor. Mac McClellan retired, and Jim Bush took over. So that's probably been the biggest change in, with the decision to now put Experimenter back into sport aviation. So while we have an electronic version of it, we also now have some written some hard copy that's in there and we're continuing to look to how we can improve uh, sport aviation uh, renewed focus on chapters uh, we hired brett hahn who is a chapter president out of albuquerque to come in and really put some get our, get our programming around what what can we do out in the field to help grow uh, ea and grow aviation enthusiasts but my, my feeling in the last couple of years has been we're too internally focused on 3000 Poberesny Drive, which is a headquarters, and we need to be externally focused to our yes. membership and to our chapters. So we're working on that. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big focus. And the Young Eagles program continues to be a big cornerstone. We hope to fly our two millionth Young Eagle uh, sometime in the next 12 months. And, um, you know, after we hit that milestone, it's it's going to look at how do we expand the offering. Today, we, we give them a ride, which is great. Um, if they're you know, 15, 16, there's a free ground school that Sporties provides so they can go through the ground school. But we need to do more. We need to figure out if it's you know, a young individual that's eight or nine, how do we keep them engaged till they're eligible to actually begin flying? Mm-hmm. So we're, uh, we're working on that. We've, we've made some uh, relationships with the American Modeling Association and other groups to try to kind of bolster what our offerings are. I know you've got that drone thing this year. What's that all about? <laughs> well... That's it. I'm, I'm surprised that most interviews I get that becomes the first question. The um, you can't ignore that there's a massive business that's going on around the the recreational hobbyist drone movement. I mean, I think the numbers are staggering as to how many of these things they're selling. We're not sure where that fits. I mean, one of the ways we do know it fits is we have to protect our airspace and our rights. So uh, we want to keep people educated on 400 feet and below, not near airports. And, and with the explosion of them, we think we have to do a lot of that educating here. Uh, where does it go from there? I, I've shared that there's, there's this well-defined commercial application of, of drones and UAVs, UASs, whatever you want to call them. 
there's the recreationalist 400 feet and below, and there's a space in between that's gonna it's gonna emerge and develop somehow, some way. And we think we need to be involved, not necessarily that we understand what it is or that we're advocating for them, but we have to protect what we do in that airspace. And if it is gonna happen, we wanna be at the table to make sure it happens uh, so that we can all play together, if you will. David, another question? Yeah, I read your column about the, uh, the drone going down the, the runway at Stearman. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking what it must have been like sitting at the restaurant there watching that go by or your hangar. Yeah, and it was it was right. It's a busy place. And and so you, and then you look at the pure numbers of how many are being sold. I mean, you can walk into a uh, you know a Walgreens or, or a Target and they're on the shelves in, in mass quantities. They're very affordable. Oh, and people are buying them. Specialty stores for them everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. yeah. And so they're going to be out there, and we've got to find a way to get that under control. Thank you, Jack. Is there anything I, I've forgotten to ask you about? Anything you particularly wanted to talk about? Well, um, again, let's go through the what's going to be here this week. Yeah. we got the 40th anniversary of the canards, so we've got over 40 canards showing up. 70th anniversary of the pits, over 70 pits is showing up. 75th anniversary of the air coop, so we have over, actually there's going to be close to 200 vertical stabilizers showing up, which is 100 airplanes. That's <laughs> we like to look at it. But that's well, that group is really excited to be here, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. First civilian air show that an F-35 will be on display, and there will actually be two of them. All other public showings have been at military installations. So will they be all week or just All park? week. Yeah, They're okay. coming in uh, Monday. One will be parked on the plaza, and one will be parked on uh, 1331. Mm-hmm. And then two F-22s uh, will be here. The F-22s will be flying in the air show, and they give you know quite a, quite a display. Uh, only flying mosquito uh, in the world will be here flying in our Battle of Britain activity uh, yeah, with, with a Lancaster. Um, now, this, this, this story, I think, is really what EA is all about. we got a guy that's showing up. We need, we, we're looking for British airplanes to celebrate the Battle of Britain. We said, how about a Spitfire? There is a gentleman, a retired airline pilot, who bought the plans to a Mark IX Spitfire out of France. He has home-built, scratch-built, a full-size Mark IX Spitfire. The only difference is he put an Allison engine in it because it was more economical. So he's going to be here, and we're going to park him in the home build area because he is a home builder. And it is a beautiful, beautiful, I mean, scaled every detail. Uh, cool. yeah, yeah, which to think took him eight years. And I think that's kind of the essence of what EA is all about, is people just do amazing things that you would uh, only dream of. So how many airplanes are in your hangars these days? I'm, I'm held to five. Rose has a one-in, one-out policy. So, so, that's <laughs> so when, I, when I peaked at five, it was, yeah. She said, no more unless you decide What's to get... What's the inventory now? Um, the, my pride and joy is my Ryan PT-22, which is the airplane my dad... It was at the military base and in his logbook, the serial number that he learned to fly in, in the Army Air Corps really? in California. Yeah. yeah, I remember looking at that when we did the, so wait, the this hangar is, cave thing. Yeah. That's your place. This is the airframe that your dad flew? Yes, yeah, wow, Sequoia Field in California. Very nice. And growing up, you know, he was an aviation nut and EA member out of Chapter 1s. Um, growing up, the Ryan played a big part of He loved it. I mean, that's what he learned to fly in. So my son was named Ryan after that. And my son still does Jay jokes about dad named me after a darn airplane. I'm, he, he, airplanes are more important to him than kids. I said, yeah, kind of kind of so. so. How, do you, how do you know you're growing up in an aviation family when your first name is Lloyd yeah, yeah. or Wilbur or Ryan or Clyde? Yeah. Yep. The uh, when I was teasing him, I said I could have named you Consolidated Volte because that was Dad's second airplane. That he flew the BT-13. So I, I have that. I have uh, Hap Arnold Stearman. 
um, that I fly fly for. The Ryan's here up here in Oshkosh. I keep that up here. The the steerman's back home. Uh, Dwayne Wallace, who's Cessna's second chairman, his Cessna 195 that I've won an award up here. Uh, Rose still has the number one Skycatcher, and then I have a 414 that I use for transportation back and forth. So the 20, you had a two, I got turbo rid of the 206 because in the state of Kansas, uh, you have to pay personal property tax on airplanes that are new, newer than 20 years old, and I am retired and I am on a fixed income, so I, I ditched that right away. We, we're familiar with this problem. We, it's terrible, and uh, we fortunately worked really hard the last two years to get that. That law also applied to experimental amateur built airplanes. So, so you get your, your your ticket on it. It's it's a 2015 completion. They view that as a new airplane. You're going to pay personal property tax. We got them excluded and exempted from it, which is really well, your good. Your antiques aren't affected by that. Not, but, but my you still have to do paperwork to get them to stop hunting you. You do, and they yeah. peek through windows. They do everything. They're revenue collectors. Um, and I am building an Acrosport too. So that's in the hangar since you were last there. Yeah. How's that going? Slow. <laughs> I am I am understanding the home builder's dilemma, which is, you know, you really have to drop everything to mm-hmm. to get progress at a fast enough clip. Well, and you're gone so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a lot of other activities. Okay. Under the five airplane rule <laughs> that Rose is holding you to, when the acro sport's done, what goes away? This is, you know, you guys are really, I hope she... I, I hope she listens to it, but then again, I don't. I mean, for your sake, I hope she listens to podcasts. But I'm thinking I get this one under the radar because it's coming together as in pieces, and before you know it, it'll just be there. And what can she say? Yeah. Well, Has she you, actually seen it under? Oh, yeah. Okay. As a matter of fact, she's joking. She's she's the one, the first one to say, you know, if you were home, you might be able to get a chance to get this thing finished, but you're spending all your time in Oshkosh. But she, you have to explain to her that there's a well-established rule for how many airplanes a guy is allowed to own. The rule is one more. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Jack. I know you're real busy and, and getting around doing all these things and getting ready. We're still a couple of days before the opening of the show, but... Uh, Let's open today. Let's get it going. I know. I mean, really. actually, it feels like it with the it does, number of planes yeah. and, yeah. Yeah. But we yeah. appreciate you taking a few minutes and talking with you us. Bet. And, Great uh, seeing you guys again. Thank you. Well, I'm sure we'll see you around during the week. I appreciate it. As it's, they uh, say, I'll be here all week. The chairman of uh, EAA, Jack Pelton. Thank you very much. Thank you.